You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. While week 11 of college football may not have been that great, week 12 promises to be a whole lot better. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On College Football Podcast, your Friday episode on this Friday, November 20th. I am Ben Stevens, the host of Locked On Big Ten. My normal co-host, Patrick Kahn, the host of Locked On Longhorns, unavailable this week. He should be back next week, but joining us from the jump as he always does, but this time possibly for a little bit longer than one segment as he normally does on our Friday show. It is Colin Wilson of Action Network. And really, Colin, it works out best because people can hear Patrick and I gab all episode long, but we come to you for the smart betting advice, for the smart money as you get ready for a college football weekend. And this one proves to be better. Some huge games in the Big Ten that could decide the conference divisional races. We have a great one in the American between Central Florida and Cincinnati, and of course, Bedlam in Norman, Oklahoma. So it should be a much better weekend, week number 12 of college football. Yeah, I'm really excited. This is, I mean, we've had our COVID cancellations. Uh, I've joked on my own podcast over at the Action Network. We set an over-under on Sunday night of how many cancellations there were going to be. We set the line at 13 and a half. I believe it went over today, so I lost a bet. I was going to take the under, but, uh, you know, this is just a part of life. I mean, even the MAC is getting canceled now by COVID, and uh, I would just suggest anybody, you know, traveling for Thanksgiving next week to stay safe, and hopefully these kids can finish the season out. Interesting that the college football playoff has made the announcement like, hey, you make the playoff, you're in. We might not have a game on New Year's Day if there's COVID, you know, problems, which, you know, God forbid everybody spends time with their family at Christmas and then the college football playoff has a problem, you know, a week later. But uh, I think it's kind of nice to say that we're not going to swap teams in. Bad news for BYU and Cincinnati, but good (laughs) news for the stability in, in the playoff. Yeah, the CFP committee was debating that this week. They said, we're not going to push back the start of the college football playoff to allow for some cancellations to be made up or any of that. But if there are some issues with the four teams in the CFP, we might be able to adjust the schedule from there. And some games that really could affect that college football playoff, and I am partial to this conference, of course, as Big Ten Ben, but take place in the Big Ten Conference this week. Two games that could decide both divisions, very likely will decide the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. Colin, I think because Patrick's not here, he can't tell me otherwise. Let's start in the Big Ten, and let's start with that game in the Big Ten East. Ninth-ranked Indiana. No, that is not a misread. It is ninth-ranked Indiana visiting third-ranked Ohio State. The Buckeyes, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under total, 66-and-a-half. This game in Columbus is Indiana's first-ever regular season top 10 matchup in its football program history. It is Ohio state's 99th that is tied for the most in college football history alongside Oklahoma. We'll get to Bedlam in a minute, but first we focus on the big 10 East battle for that top spot. Colin, it's a big spread close to three touchdowns. Indiana might be able to cover that. Is there any shot on God's green earth that the Hoosiers pull off a straight upset over Ohio state on Saturday? There's always a shot. If Appalachian State back in the day can go up to the big house and beat Michigan, then anybody can beat anybody, and that's what makes college football so great. But in this case, I think the Hoosiers are in deep, deep trouble. So I want to start off with Indiana. I tried to make a case for them all week. I I knew the spread. I projected to be around 21. Uh, It's at 20 and a half. And and I think, you know, odds makers have done a good job of setting this number to satisfy the appetite that people have for Indiana football. That's what this number is. Uh, and, and if really, if you want to look at some of their advanced stats, it's just not pretty from an offensive perspective, not as good as what the record says. Uh, let's start off with who Indiana has faced in the past. And this is the thing that just 
blew my mind this week. Indiana's beaten Penn State, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Michigan. Now, if you take those four teams and you drop off when they've played each other, their combined record this season is 1-13. and 13. Mm. So Indiana's opponents have been – I mean, I know it's brand-name stuff here, but probably the worst in the Big Ten. Right. Uh, you know, that 1-13 record between those, how much am I supposed to trust these stats on Indiana – when, you know, the, the, the teams that they've played have, have just completely folded. So, you know, you look at the Hoosiers are top 10 in defensive havoc. That's all from tackles for loss and pass breakups. That's great. Uh, the defense has been great in finishing drives. They've only been allowing 2.4 points per trip when opponents get past the 40-yard line. Uh, but again, I go back to look at these opponents, look at the offenses they've played. Um, you know, listen, anybody knows anything about advanced analytics, analytics the the biggest determining factor in who wins a football game is success rate are you gaining the yards that you need and the proper down and distance ohio state's number one in the country on offense and frankly when i name those four teams that indiana's played indiana hasn't seen this speed they haven't seen this talent they have not seen uh they're gonna it's just gonna be a different it's a complete different ball game i, I would compare it to a guy in double a getting called up to hit for you know hit, hit in the big leagues this this the speed is going to be faster i have problems with ohio state ben i have problems with master teague and trey sermon the breakaway speed uh you know indiana is 67th in defensive uh rush expected points which is looking at explosiveness so i don't think ohio state's going to get exposed for not having rush explosiveness the jk dobbins days are gone uh, so, you know, and you look at what Nebraska did to Ohio state, Nebraska was able to control the trench. They were able to get 200 yards on the ground, uh, and kind of push Ohio state around Indiana's 110th and rushing success rate. So the only way, in my opinion, that Indiana covers this is if Michael Penix jr. Is able to pick on the corners, which have been quite disappointing for Ohio state. He has to pick on them. He has to be extremely accurate. He has to have explosive plays after he picks on the corners, uh, because that's it. They have no rush game whatsoever. I will say this. If Indiana covers this game, this total is going to sail over the number. Ohio State put up 51 last year. I don't see a way the Indiana defense stops Ohio State from scoring 51 again. Indiana's defense has been very opportunistic this year. 12 takeaways through their first four games. They've converted that into 51 points. But in my mind, coming from that Big Ten perspective, I think Indiana has to play their best football game ever to have a shot at knocking off Ohio State. They can cover, but Ohio State can still be dominant in this game, win by two scores, win by 17, and they might cover that spread, but it's just going to be a leg up, as you mentioned, double A to major leagues to take on this Ohio State team this week. So that's the Big Ten East. Let's flip over to the Big Ten West. You talked about the speed that both Indiana and Ohio State have. That might not be the calling card for the game in the Big Ten West between 19th-ranked Northwestern hosting 10th-ranked Wisconsin. The Badgers, a seven-point favorite, the over-under total, much smaller than that 66.5 for the Buckeyes and the Hoosiers. It's just 44 for the Wildcats and the Badgers. I think, Colin, this is going to be a classic, grind it out, try to control time of possession, Big Ten game that we love. The grass at Ryan Field might be knee-high by the time we get to kick off on Saturday afternoon. It is going to be a bloodbath out there with two of the best defenses in the conference. I absolutely agree. I love this game. This is going to be, if you like defense, this is going to be a game to watch. These are two of the best defenses in the nation. Northwestern has proven it week after week. Now they have a much, you know, tougher schedule they've faced than I would say Indiana. But, you know, what do we know about Wisconsin? We have two data points. We have Illinois and we have Michigan. So we don't have a lot to go on here, but 
what we've seen, we really like, especially from the offense with Graham Mertz, just ridiculous numbers at this point. 74% completion percentage, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. I think the stat that had me, had I had wrote down in my notes and highlighted, uh, Mertz has 11 incompletions. Four of those were wide receiver drops. The kid is just dead on accurate. Uh, you know, the biggest complaint that I had about Wisconsin football coming into the season was Jonathan Taylor's replacements. Uh, I didn't think the uh, anybody in the running back unit uh, had any kind of explosiveness. They couldn't get highlight yards, which is, you know, how much, how many yards you have after contact. I just, I didn't think things like that were going to exist. That kind of changed against Michigan. There's now a kid named Jalen Berger. He had 15 mm-hmm. carries for 87 yards. So you see that in the box score, but what you don't see in the box score, he had 5.12 yards after contact. The kid can move and he likes to move after he gets hit. So that may be the explosive factor that Wisconsin I thought was going to miss was missing against Illinois and maybe something because he didn't have a carry against Illinois. Right. And, and, and yeah, and now he's going five yards after contact against Michigan. Maybe he purposefully doesn't have any game film on him for this game. I don't know. Wisconsin's defense is the heartbeat of the reason, you know, the heartbeat of their team and why they're four and oh, they're sixth in pass coverage. They're 13th in line yards. They're second in stuff rate. They're 27th in defensive havoc. If you don't know what all those terms mean, they're really good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter to the position on the field. It doesn't matter if you're coming at them through the air or if you're coming at them on the ground. They're good enough to stop anybody. I think the question really is with this spread. I mean, you look at such a low total. There were storms. There was going to be 25 mile hour wind gusts. It looks like the Chicago area that got moved off to Sunday. So I think that you're going to see a little pop in the, in the total here. I see it went down. It, that was like 42 and a half and. When you think of your college football weekend, what comes to mind? Hmm? Think about it for a second. All right, there you go. That's a second. For me, when I think about college football on Saturdays, one part that is always with me is my favorite beer out there. The only beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any college football game just to drink a beer. It is there by your side when you need it, when you're scrolling through the channels, trying to keep up with your bets that Colin Wilson has provided you that expert analysis for when you're watching your favorite team, when you're watching your least favorite team. Coors Light is there for you because Coors Light is made to chill. When you're sitting back on your couch, relaxing on a Saturday and unwinding, Coors Light should be there by your side because Mountain Cold Refreshment is in Coors Light's DNA. It is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. The Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado puts a beer that is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rocky Mountains that run through the backbone of this country. Coors Light is there for you. And you don't even need to go far to get your Coors Light. You don't need to go to Golden, Colorado. You can get a fresh, crisp, and refreshing Coors Light delivered directly to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, you You can get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. We will celebrate responsibly and we will enjoy weekend number 12 of college football. Doing that all with the beer that is literally made to chill. That's Coors Light. My question is, is is Northwestern going to do enough to win and cover this game? They they rush 63% of the time, but they're 110th in success rate rushing. Peyton Ramsey's top 20 in the nation passing success rate, but it's not explosive. And Wisconsin so far is top 20 in, in, in coverage and grading per, per PFF. Uh, so I'm not sure Northwestern is going to be, have sustainable drives and have as much, uh, I would say, you know, what they've been able to do inside the 20 in the red zone has been tremendous, but I think it's just a different animal against the Wisconsin defense. Uh, Wisconsin now, 
third in defensive havoc in the nation. Last year, they were second and had to replace almost everybody. Uh, And now they're, you know, it's good coaching because they're learning to force fumbles or tackling behind the line of scrimmage and they're knocking down a lot of passes. I like Wisconsin here. It is not a high dollar bet. Whatever your bet volume is, I, taking Wisconsin, taking swallowing seven points in a total of 44 is a rough thing to do. So it's a low bet as far as how much money I'm putting down, but I am back in the Badgers here. The Badgers probably happy that the weather has cleared out of the Chicagoland area, but they do not enjoy going to Evanston, Illinois. In their last six trips to take on Northwestern at Ryan Field, Wisconsin just one in five. That grass is going to be something on Saturday. Buckle up. It is going to be a classic Big Ten game. So enough of the Big Ten. Let's move on. Two numbers up to the Big 12. Bedlam in Norman, Oklahoma. 14th-ranked Oklahoma State visits the Sooners. 18th-ranked Oklahoma hosting. They are a seven-point favorite at home. The over-under total, 59.5. Mike Gundy does not like looking across and seeing his rival, the Sooners. 2-13 and in his career against Oklahoma. Does that change at all for the Cowboys on Saturday night? That goes back to his playing days, right? I mean, that goes back to family playing for OU, too. I mean, this is a deeply personal thing that uh, Gundy's got going on here. Uh, To me, they're both coming off of a bye week. And when you think of Bedlam, you think of Baker Mayfield, you think of Jalen Hurts, you think of, uh, 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 you know, you think of Oklahoma State with Brandon Wheaton. You think of everybody scoring 50 points. You think of overtime. You think of that's not what's going to be the story here is. I mean, the defenses are just outstanding. And, yes, that includes the OU defense. I'm looking at them being 11th in defensive havoc. Listen, I could rattle off a ton of stats on both of these defenses. Uh, what I'm seeing is just amazing out of both of these units. Uh, you know, both of them top 20 in sack rate. Uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma State is eighth in, in, in pass coverage or sixth in defensive finishing drives. Uh, there's second uh, in passing success rate. Let's get down to what's really important in this game. The way to beat Oklahoma and the way to beat Oklahoma State is to rattle their quarterbacks. And I say rattle, I'll just go into the Spencers here. <laughs> Rattler and uh, Sanders and their adjusted completion percentage is one of the biggest drops of any quarterbacks in college football when they have pressure, when they have hands in their face. So the question is, is who's the defense that's going to impose their will, which defensive line is going to get in the other quarterback uh, more. And, and from the analytics, it, it looks like it's going to be Oklahoma state's defensive line. It looks like they're the ones that are going to be able to apply more pressure. And the fact that Oklahoma's offensive line has really been, a little deflating this season. Uh, they, they rank 49th on football outsiders and, and sack rate uh, and, and havoc allowed their 90th. When I say havoc allowed, that means the offensive line is allowing defenders to tackle in the backfield. It means that they are allowing forced fumbles. The offensive line has been responsible for a lot of Spencer Rattler's problems, and mm-hmm. he's just not comfortable in a pocket whatsoever when he gets pressure. Little bit of a different story on the Oklahoma State side. Now, full disclosure, I have no money on this. I want money on this game, but I have no money on this game. And it's because Mike Gundy came out on Tuesday and said, We don't have our three offensive linemen. When questioned about that, he stopped talking. Uh, so <laughs> they had they had a whole bunch of offensive linemen hurt two weeks ago uh, before they entered the bye week. Uh, not to mention Tylen Wallace was hurt. Tylen Wallace did not play that entire Kansas State game until Kansas State attempted a onside kick at the end of the game in which he came out on the field and played on the hands team. So does he play this weekend? I think you'll know by the bump in the spread. If you see the line move Oklahoma state's way, I think that's a Tylen Wallace uh, announcement coming out there, but listen, there's, there's things that I, I want to take Oklahoma state. Let me clear, be clear. I want to take Oklahoma state because of the defense, but when you're missing three offensive linemen and Spencer Sanders needs a clear pocket, that isn't, you know, that isn't a, a very profitable bet to be making. Plus Chuba Hubbard's the key here. 
Oklahoma, I said, was great in everything. One place they're bad, they're 113th in defending rush explosiveness. So we need a healthy Chuba Hubbard. We need Oklahoma State to be able to explode on the ground. But to do that, I need those three offensive linemen. So to me, the only bet you can make in this game, crazy enough, is betting a bedlam under. Oh, my goodness. A bedlam (laughs) bedlam under is bedlam in its own right. It's just craziness right there. A good thing for that Sooners offense, though, since getting Ramondre Stevenson back from his suspension in the past two games. Yes, I know it's against terrible defenses in Texas Tech and Kansas, but he does have five touchdowns in those two games since he has returned for that Sooners offense. So let's go to the game in the American that we touched on from the top. Seventh-ranked Cincinnati has their toughest test yet this season against UCF. The Bearcats a six-point road favorite. The over-under total, 63.5. I say their toughest test because they've seen some good offenses in Memphis and in SMU, but what Dylan Gabriel and the Golden Knights do and what they've been able to do this year, especially through the air, will test that great Cincinnati defense. Do you think it's enough for UCF to pull off this upset? I don't think UCF can pull off this upset at all. Now, where the point spread is, is where it gets a little bit dicey because you're going to find a lot of power rating systems out there. You can look at, you know, Sagarin, you can look at SP plus, you can look us over at the action network, which, uh, you know, we put out every Sunday morning, and, you know, we all think that this should be around three, three and a half. But if you look at the advanced numbers, uh, I don't know how Central Florida is going to hang. Uh, the, the Cincinnati's defense, everybody knows about the Cincinnati defense, right? They're third in pass coverage in the nation. I mean, this, is, this isn't just AAC. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're third in, in pass coverage. They're second in defensive finishing drives. Your teams are getting almost no points up whatsoever. They're 13th in defensive havoc. They're turning the ball over against people. Uh, they're 14th in PFF in, in, when they were with their tackling grade. Uh, Cincinnati is an extremely tough team to get points up against the board, but that's not what I've been chirping about for the last month. It's been Desmond Ritter. Desmond mm. Ritter's explosiveness and his decision on his decision making on offense is just it's just night and day to where he was a year ago. Whenever you had a bet on Cincinnati the last couple of years, you were worried about Ritter and his turnovers, and you were worried about him getting pulled. You know, right now, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter has up to 23 total touchdowns. Uh, you know, a lot of those coming on the ground. He only has six INTs. He has almost 500 rushing yards. He is everything to this offense. And you're looking at a UCF defense that's 110th in defending pass explosiveness. Uh, they're 62nd in, in, in defensive coverage. Uh, and they're 89th in finishing drives. That is the biggest stat in this game to me is that Cincinnati is top 10 both sides of the ball and finishing drives. That is eliminating points when opponents get into their 40 and they're good at getting points up on the board. And I'm talking touchdowns, not field goals. I'm talking touchdowns. Uh, and, and, you know, UCF is one of the worst. I think an over is definitely the look. I, I You know, Cincinnati right now, it, it's been priced out. I'm not saying it's a bad number. I don't think we know Cincinnati's ceiling. And by the way, this is their last chance for style points. They want to make the college football playoff. UCF is a household name. Now, are they the same UCF team that's been in the years past? No. But the they are 17 national champions. You mean the UCF Na- Golden Knights? Maxwell yeah. Collie, right? Collie Maxwell, national champions. Get your license oh, plates and T-shirts. Yeah, the um, Disney World Parade, buddy. <laughs> so, you know, I, I this is the last brand name that Cincinnati can make a name for themselves before they get to the you know get to the championship game, possibly to play a Tulsa team, which isn't going to move the move the needle uh, as far as a college football playoff committee is concerned. So. I think Cincinnati is going to put up a boatload of points. And another factor into that is that UCF is second in the nation in tempo. They're second in seconds per play. Uh, Josh Heupel wants a fast-paced offense. 
And, you know, Dylan Gabriel's 18th in passing downs explosiveness. I think Central Florida can contribute to the total. Can they cover the spread? I don't think so, but I'm more confident that UCF is going to up the tempo as fast as possible, which is going to increase Cincinnati's possessions. I The number's been coming down all week, 66 down to 63. Uh, you know, I, I just – I'm having a hard time finding how there isn't a ton of points in this game. To echo your point on Desmond Ritter and how good he has been as of late, in the last four Cincinnati games, he has four or more total touchdowns showing both the arm and the legs as he's been at the helm of that Cincinnati offense. When it comes to betting on college football and getting ready for a weekend slate, you can trust in Colin Wilson. You can trust in his advice and what he says to make you some money for the college football slate. When it comes to your nutrition, but eating something that also tastes great, you can trust in Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is literally a candy bar that tastes like a protein bar. Flip that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're so synonymous in my mind, a protein bar and a candy bar, because that's what Built Bars provides for you because their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Sometimes I mix it up. But all that matters is that they are soft, they are easy to chew, and they are good for you. 18 amazing flavors that are now even deliciouser. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, they are low in sugar, they are high in protein, and they are high in fiber. Good where you need it. None of that bad stuff that ruins everything for else. It is good where you need it, it tastes great, and it is good for you. And go to BuiltBar.com right now. Make sure you use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So a couple games in the SEC that are some big spreads this week, Florida and Vandy, Kentucky and Alabama, but one that's a smaller spread and an intriguing game. And I don't know a lot of people coming into the season would have thought is your Arkansas Razorbacks hosting LSU. The Tigers, a two and a half point favorite on the road. The total 64. Are you liking Woo Pig Suey this week? Do they, are they going to get the win? I am like a move pig suey. Of course, you know, I graduated from there, but when it comes to my wallet, I'm more, uh, you know, I've donated enough money to that university <laughs> that I, I don't need to be giving it to odds makers too. But I do like Arkansas this week. I think you need to take the advanced lytics and you need to throw them all out the window because, you know, LSU, let's start with LSU's defense. Absolutely one of the worst in the nation to start the mm-hmm. season off and that loss to Mississippi State where, you know, everybody thought Mississippi State could win a national championship. Yeah. Um, but LSU, with Bo Pelini coming in at, at defensive coordinator, just too complex of a system for so many fresh faces. So he's had to shave it down. And, and it really looked like the team had started to, you know, do better in the missed tackles department, do better in the coverage department. The problem was, is the offense completely hit rock bottom against Auburn. And you just, that really wasn't on the defense. I mean, the defense played better, not great against Auburn, but the offense was as one of the worst offensive performances I've seen in an SEC game. It reminded me back of the mid 2000s LSU where, the, you know, we were just playing merry-go-rounds of quarterbacks and couldn't score any points. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now there is word trickling out, you know, it's not public and this isn't being said, but there is word trickling out about players and and the feeling of being of quitting on the season. Uh, and, you know, I mean, think about it from a psychological perspective. You just won the national championship, right? You are a national championship program and you have had uh, some of your best coaches leave. You've had your best players leave and you are not doing so well right now. And that's just the mindset that just doesn't flip overnight. 
Right. Uh, you know, that it's just not what is there to play for now that you're not going to go to an SEC championship game? What are you, you looking forward to going to the Texas Bowl? I don't think these kids are looking forward to going to the Texas Bowl. Look at Arkansas. Listen, there's nothing I can tell you about their advanced stats. It's pretty. It's not good, you know, tackling wise. It's not good offensive wise. Uh, they're staying in games and, and covering spreads. They finally didn't cover against Florida, but that's just a huge talent gap. And, and I think that's the thing that you're not going to get out of a box score is that Arkansas is the hardest playing team in the country. It doesn't matter what their record is. They love their head coach, Sam Pittman, who's coming off his bout with COVID. He'll be on the sidelines for this team. Uh, they know there's a chance they could play in a bowl. They know, uh, you know, that this is – this is game is a rivalry game for the boot. I mean, we have a trophy made for this. I'm not sure how much LSU has ever really cared about it, but for <laughs> us, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, I love Arkansas here. And I sadly, it's not because of analytics. I love to base my financial decisions on analytics that you can bank on, but here it's all about hustle. And one team is way hustling more than the other. That shows you that Colin Wilson has a great perspective to his college football betting. Yes, he is a smart man that dives into the numbers, into the analytics. But when it comes to sometimes just the eye test and who's going to go out there and win a football game, Colin also pays attention to that too. So that leads in well to what we normally do earlier on in the show at the end of the first segment. Now it's towards the end of the show. It is Colin Wilson's Locked on Lock of the Week. What do you see that game being and where are we putting our money this weekend? We're going to bank on Washington State late at night. Let's get some Pac-12 after Ooh. dark going. Let's back uh, Let's back Jaden Delora. I love everything I've seen out of Washington State. I love Nick Rolovich uh, offensively. They haven't missed a beat without Mike Leach there. Uh, you look at them, they're 14th in offensive finishing drives. Uh, they're fifth in havoc allowed, which means – and really that's because of Jaden Delora's release time, right? Get the ball, throw it away. Uh, you know, we're moving at a high pace here with – uh, you're just not able to he, – he has been one of the best freshmen I've seen on my TV this year, and I don't, I don't think he's getting a lot of publicity because of the time at night that he's playing. But, uh, you know, that this is – I've been very impressed with Washington State so far. Uh, they're ranking top 30 in all the offensive categories that you need as far as rushing success rate, passing success rate. Uh, they are predominantly a passing team. But if you look at Stanford, it's not going so well on the defense. 117th in the country in defensive passing success rate – outside the top 100 and defending pass explosiveness. Uh, that's not a good combination in this particular game. And they're almost dead last in sack rate. Uh, they're not getting to the quarterback whatsoever. I expect Washington State, I'm not going to go out on a limb and back anything up with their defense here because it's still Washington State type defense, but they have the more dynamic offense. They have the more the offense that can get down the field faster. And if you're going to give me a shootout in Pac-12 after dark, I'm definitely going to side with Nick Rolovich in the run and shoot. Maybe Wazoo can get one of those Pac-12 after brunch games so everybody can see Jaden Delora in the red dyed tips. I don't. You can't call them like <laughs> frosted tips of the long hair because it's red. But he needs some shine in the national spotlight. And the guy that is always delivering for us here on the Locked On College Football Podcast every Friday is Colin Wilson from the Action Network giving you the best advice for your weekend of college football, where to place your money, and where to enjoy yourself to bring in that money now that we're getting to the holiday season. So, Colin, as always, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. 
So many thanks again to Action Network's Colin Wilson for being a trooper, not just staying for the first segment, but most of this entire Friday episode of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Some other games we weren't able to touch on with Colin, but should be on your radar this college football weekend as well. In the Pac-12, it's UCLA visiting Eugene, Oregon in the 11th ranked Ducks. The Ducks, a 13.5 point favorite, the over-under total, 66.5. I really like what Tyler Shuck is doing, the young quarterback for the Ducks, his dual threat ability, 539 passing yards so far this season, 166 on the ground as well, and six total touchdowns through Oregon's 2-0 start to Pac-12 play. Another game in the Pac-12, 20th ranked USC visits Utah. USC, a three-point road favorite, the over-under total 58. The Trojans have been escaping games late. They haven't looked really crisp, but we haven't seen Utah play yet. So I would lean with USC in that game in what would be a great Pac-12 weekend. Another one in the Big 12 that should be one on your radar as well. Kansas State visits 17th ranked Iowa State. The Cyclones, an 11-point favorite, the over-under total just 46 and a half, which is a little bit skeptical for a Big 12 game. But Kansas State is dealing with huge COVID problems among their football program. The Kansas City Star reported this past week that Kansas State had around 75 people on its team that have already tested positive for COVID. They are struggling just to field enough bodies to play in this game. At a time during this week, this game seemed to be in doubt. What is not in doubt is Brees Hall and what he is doing for that Iowa State offense. Brock Purdy looks to be his usual self, and he doesn't need to do much. Just give it to Brees Hall and let that cowbell of a back. Cowbell? No. What am I thinking of? Bell, horse, I don't, you know what I'm saying. Brees Hall is a very, very good running back. Brock Purdy doesn't need to do a ton. Just give him the ball and let him go. Another game, a fun belt game, a sun belt game. Appalachian State, only one loss on the year, takes on unbeaten Coastal Carolina, the 15th ranked Chanticleers are a five and a half point favorite. The over under total 48. Got to ride Coastal. Just got to do it. Just continue to do it. Appalachian State is good. They have the offense to keep up with Coastal Carolina. Zach Thomas might be back for the Mountaineers, but you got to trust Coastal. I am. Why not? Chanticleers is the fun word to say. It's not Chanticleers. Chanticleers. Wait. I don't know. They put out a pronunciation video. I'll check it after this. Ride Coastal Carolina even as a five and a half point favorite this week. So that is how weekend 12 of college football looks. Some huge games in the Big Ten. A huge game in the American Conference. And of course, Bedlam to cap it all off at night. 7.30 p.m. Eastern, the primetime game on ABC comes to you from Norman, Oklahoma between the Sooners and the Cowboys. Week 11 wasn't great. Week 12 will be. And to give you a recap of everything that happens this weekend on Monday's edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast, it will be Candace Cooper filling you in on what you may have missed and giving you the insight into why it happened from week 12 of the college football season. I have been Ben Stevens, the host of Locked On Big Ten, one of your Friday hosts for the Locked On College Football Podcast. My usual co-host, Patrick Kahn of Locked On Longhorns, should be back next week. It will be an interesting week. It's almost Thanksgiving. We won't speak again until Black Friday after Thanksgiving. So enjoy your holiday. Be safe. Be smart. Eat a lot of turkey and enjoy weekend number 12 of college football. You are locked on college football, your daily podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.